Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Joining us now... TNT analyst Kevin McHale. I tell you what, for Vikings fans, Green Bay playing the Bears is like, do you want to get hung or do you want to get shot? With your host, Galliot Anderson, stops it now behind his head. Seku Smith and Lang Whitaker. The NBA's executive vice president of basketball, Richard Stu Jackson, is joining us now on the podcast. I wanted to ask you, Stu, the players see you coming, do they get out of the way now? No, the worst thing that happened to me was uh, caller ID. Sports editor of the nation, Dave Zyron. Only the Knicks for $100 million would sign somebody with one eye and two microfracture surgeries. But shut my mouth. He's our most important New York Jew since Woody Allen. Now it's time for the tip-off. Hangtime Podcast Playoff Editions. Thank you, Smith, from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com. My co-host, Lang Whitaker in New York. Lang, another series uh, in this loaded playoff field of 2011. Uh, the Miami Heat, the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, against the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, the number seven seed. You, uh, you you impressed with the coaching job that, that Doug Collins has done uh, this season? Yeah, I think so. You know, they started out, what was it? Three and 13 something or something like that? Yeah. If you take that out, uh, they're like, what, 38 and 21, uh, 28, something like that, skills. 10 games over? Mask yeah. <laughs> They're not that good. <laughs> I just did the math wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, if you take out that start, they've just gotten better all season, I think. And he's, I think he's done a pretty good job of like defining roles for those guys, and the guys have done a pretty good job of accepting those roles. The sad part is uh, most people don't give him a shot um, against against this Heat team. And uh, joining us now uh, on the show, Ethan Skolnick from the Palm Beach Post. Uh, sir, do do the Heat roll over? these guys and get this done quickly? Or do you think this is one of those series that has a chance to be more intriguing than it looks from the outside in? Well, it really shouldn't be. I mean, if you, if you look at the way that the three games went earlier this, uh, during the regular season, you know, in, in all three occasions, Philadelphia kept it close for, for a period of time. But the fact that they really just don't have a go-to guy um, in late situations. And the Heat has managed to pull away uh, by getting baskets from either Dwayne or LeBron when they've needed him. I, I really think that, you know, as high energy as Philadelphia is and as many people as they can bring when Lou Williams is healthy, uh, I, I just really think this is a series that Miami should take care of in five games. The, the only question is whether they approach it uh, the right way. Uh, we've seen over the past months that really the only time that the Heat's played very well from start to finish was against Boston. Um, Miami's been bored 
in a lot of games and has had this you know stretch of six, seven, eight, nine minutes where they will allow teams that have much less talent to get in a game against them. Uh, they can't allow that to happen against Philly. So I, I don't think they will. I think they may drop one up in Philadelphia, but I'm picking them to win in five. Ethan, what's the mood right now with, with the Heat team, with the Heat players? They've been sort of hot and cold all season, and it seems like when they're in a good mood and playing well, they're, they're pretty tough to beat. What what kind of Heat team do you think is going to go into the playoffs here? I, I think they feel very, very good about themselves. I, you, know, I, you know, LeBron has referred to it uh, lately about what they went through earlier in the year, 9-8, and eight, trying to feel each other out, not really – knowing how to play together, uh, a lot of obviously the, the outside distractions that they've had to deal with this year. And he, he keeps talking about we ended up the second-best team in the East, the third-best team in the league. Um, they feel good about themselves. I think that's a little bit you know, dangerous, though, in the sense that if you look at their defense, which was really their catalyst mm-hmm. when you know in December when they rolled off 21 out of 22, uh, that defense, with the exception of the Boston game, has not been great lately. So – I don't, you know, they feel they're much better offensively than they were earlier in the year. Uh, they feel very confident about where they stand. But I, I still think that, uh, you know, they got to get the defense ratcheted up another notch if they're going to get past uh, Boston or Chicago to get to the finals. Ethan, tell me what your expectation was for this team uh, going in when when they put it together last July, and did they meet it? Like, have they, you know, as the regular season wound down, did they meet your expectations of what they – could be or should be as a group? No, they fell a little bit short. I, I had them at 63. Um, they ended up winning 58. Um, you know, so it's still a pretty significant season for them. But I, I thought they went 63. I thought that the predictions of, of 72, 73 were ridiculous in the sense that you were putting a, a totally new team together. I mean, really, rotation-wise, I mean, other than Dwayne and, and Haslam, there wasn't a lot there. Carlos Arroyo you were bringing back and Chalmers. But they had to put this thing together kind of on the fly. And, and in those situations, with the exception of Boston in 08, we haven't seen teams get off to the kind of start that would allow them to, to win that many games. But I thought they'd be around 63. They're a little better defensively than I thought they'd be. It took them longer offensively than I expected. Um, I, I didn't buy into what a lot of people said about how Dwayne and LeBron would have trouble playing together, and it turned out that I was wrong about that. They, they needed some time, especially Dwayne, to kind of figure out exactly what their game was going to be together. And so, you know, once Dwayne kind of figured out, okay, I can still make plays as a secondary option, I can still find my mid-range game, I can still attack, uh, that's when they started to turn the corner. Ethan, what about now with uh, Ilgowska starting and Bibby starting? How does that lineup look to you? And, and I mean, do you think that's the answer for them in the the playoffs, playing a lot more half-court? It's interesting that they've had 15 different starting lineups this year, and most of them seem to resolve around the fact they can't decide on a point guard in the center. Uh, right. I, I think this one does make the most sense for them right now because they want to space the floor. Um, that creates uh, driving lanes for LeBron and for Dwayne. Once their rebounding improves and their attack game improves, it allows them to play Ilgowski as opposed to having to have a guy like Dampier who's underneath the basket. Um, I, 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 I kind of like the move. I think if you look at um, Z, this is someone obviously LeBron is very comfortable with. His mm-hmm. numbers are better with Z on the floor. They're 39-11 and 11 this year when Z starts. Um, so I, I think as long as Z can uh, keep from throwing the ball at the back of opposing centers as they walk <laughs> away uh, and getting in fights with point guards, 
uh, I think I think that's the right way. And I definitely agree with the Bibby move as far as a starter. I, Chalmers, to me, from the minute he came in, into the league, I viewed him as an energy guard off the bench. He's one of these guys he can be really good and he can be absolutely horrible. And you don't want that kind of player as a starter. I, I think it's better that Eric can spot him as a bench player. He can, he, you know, now he feels a little bit more competition than he's felt in past years. And he comes in with good energy. You can stay with him. Um, and I think he's going to play a lot of minutes in certain series. I, Drew Holiday is a guy who's going to give maybe some problems. And obviously, if you get to the next round and you see Rondo or you see Rose or maybe down the line you see Westbrook or Parker, those are tough covers for Mike Bibby. So Chalmers will play a lot of minutes, but it's not going to be as a starter. Ethan, if, if this Heat team doesn't get there, if they don't reach, say, the conference finals, what will it be that derails them? What what will be the thing that keeps them from, from reaching that uh, that plateau? Well, you know what it is, and, I, and I'm actually – it's interesting because I've been trying to figure that out myself because I'm writing some on this for Saturday. I, I think the biggest thing is if they settle. Uh, when they attack and they and, and LeBron and Dwayne go to the rim, get fouls, uh, I think they're just about unbeatable because when they defend and they do that, they get so many cheap, easy points on the break and at the line that I think they can, they can pretty much handle anybody. But when they start to settle, when LeBron gets falls in love with that three-pointer – uh, when Dwayne starts to take early shots, that's when they get into trouble. So I, I really think that if you look at them right now, if, if they defend, they get out and run, I know it's harder to run in the playoffs, but I still think they'll be able to do that some against Philadelphia. They were able to do it in the regular season. And then they make sure that they get good shots. And by good shots for them, sometimes that means you know not even getting a shot up, but it means getting fouled. Um, I, I really think they're going to be difficult to deal with. And I feel a lot better about them right now than I than I did earlier in the year because I think that, like I said, offensively they have figured some things out. Um, Bosch has kind of found his place, but I still think, again, the same thing applies to him. He's a very good shooter from 16 to 18 feet. But when that's all he's taking, as he did the game up in Chicago where he was one of 18, you've got problems because that can come and go. When he puts his head down and drives to the rim – Maybe he doesn't finish as strong as you'd like, but a lot of times he finds a way to draw a foul. That's the way for the Heat to stay in a lot of these games as their defense takes over. And, Ethan, we're talking about the Heat going forward and getting to the conference finals or the finals or whatever, but let, just with this first-round <laughs> series, how do, we, how do you think it's going to play out? What's your prediction for the, the Heat against the Sixers? I, I like them at five. Um, I, I think they could drop one up there in Philadelphia. I, I Look, I love what Doug Collins has done. I love the energy of that team, the depth. Um, I think that Iguodala presents as many challenges to LeBron in terms of Iguodala's defense as virtually any three in the game. Um, they, they, there's some nice pieces there. I just don't think they have the kind of the go-to scorer that they need down the stretch. You saw it in the last game. You know, they got up five on the Heat. They, they, they were in pretty good position to win that game. In the fourth quarter, though, Elton Brand, I think, took three shots, missed them all. Iguodala took one shot. They they don't have closers now. We can argue whether LeBron has been the best closer this year, but I know what Dwayne Wade is, and and I just think that the Heat will have an easier time getting baskets down the stretch now than they did earlier in the season, and I think they'll have an easier time getting them than Philadelphia will. Uh, I think maybe Philadelphia steals Game Four, sends it back to Miami, but I like the Heat in five. Sounds like a plan, Ethan Skolnick from the Palm Beach Post. You know, to let you go and, and get on out of here because we know you're busy, you got plenty to do, but. I'm I'm pretty impressed with Eric Spolster, Ethan, in that mm-hmm. you talk about a guy who was under fire at one point during the season where, you know, they're talking about his job being on the line and LeBron, 
you know, blowing past him to the huddle one time and, you know, the big controversy with did he, did he elbow him or did he, you know, stick his shoulder into his chest on purpose and this and the other. Spolster's got no chatter at all for coach of the year, but you talk about a guy having a, a heavy load and having to deal with a lot of different things in a season and, and, and winning this many games. I would imagine people down there in South Florida are pretty impressed with the job Spolster's done. Well, you would imagine, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the media is. I, I, you know, there was a dichotomy earlier in the year. I think the local media and the national fan base, uh, or I'm sorry, the national sort of NBA crowd, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking about executives, coaches, et cetera, I think has a lot of regard for Eric. Right. I think, But it was really the national media and the local fans that were ganging up on him, where he became a scapegoat. He wasn't going to win Coach of the Year because this team was expected to win so many games. But the thing that I give Eric a lot of credit for is that he came into the season relaxed. Uh, he didn't. He didn't look like he was panicking when things were looked like they were falling apart at nine and eight. Mm-hmm. He's kept it pretty even keeled. And really, if you listen to LeBron carefully lately, the other day, unprovoked, he talks. One of the things he says about getting the two seed is, "I want to give a lot of credit to Spo and the coaching staff for keeping us focused." I think he's won them over. Look, he didn't have to win over Dwayne, okay? But I think as far as some of the new guys have come in, I think the fact that he was steady, he created kind of an us-against-the-world mentality when it came to the national media and the distractions, I think that resonated with guys. And, and here's the thing. The guy's a pretty good coach. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. He's very prepared. He may not be the most innovative offensive guy in the league, uh, but he knows how to coach this defensive system that the Heat's used since Riley's come in and, I think he's done a very good job, and I think people who were calling for his head earlier and saying Riley Riley doesn't come back to the bench really were national people who didn't understand the situation locally. Pat doesn't want to coach again. Uh, There wasn't another good option on the staff. He was going to let Eric ride this thing out. No doubt about it. Listen, man, thank you so much, Ethan. Hopefully we'll see you down the road during the playoffs, man. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right, take care. Thanks, Ethan. You know what, Lang, the the one comparison I make to the situation Eric Spolstra was in this year with the Heat, you remember when Doc Rivers had the big three kind of put together in that summer? And yeah. He, and he had to transform himself from the Doc Rivers who almost got fired the year before in Boston when they were on an 18-game losing streak and the fans right. were, you know, screaming, you know, for his head. And Doc, to me, exhibited all of the traits you want in a championship coach by taking those big stars and finding a way to get them to play together, to buy into what they wanted to do on defense, and they won a championship. To me, if Spolstra could somehow pull off the same thing, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see people talk about him in that same light. Not necessarily, uh, you know, as a championship coach, but as a guy who you have much more uh, respect for and that you hold in much higher esteem if they were to win a championship, mostly because – you saw him go from, the, you know, the coach of the, the the Heat when there was just Dwayne Wade carrying a bunch of guys around to now. This guy knows how to mold a, a unit out of these big personalities and these big stars and make them play together and win a championship. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think that's a big part of it that we don't talk about that much is coaching is not just X's and O's. It's dealing with egos and personalities and, you know, trying to get guys to, to buy into your system and sometimes to – you know, get guys to lower their personal expectations for the good of the team. Um, and I think that goes a long way. I mean, you look at all the good coaches, guys like Popovich and uh, Jerry Sloan. I mean, all the legendary guys are guys who are able to do that. 
you know, yeah. and I, and it, that Spolster has been able to do it, not only do it, but do it at such a young age. And, um, you know, it, with his first head coaching job, it's, I think it's been really impressive. Yeah. Um, Lang, I'm going, I'm, I'm going with Ethan. I think heat and heat and five. Um, what, what's your prediction for this series? Yeah, I, I think the same. I, I'm interested to see. I, I mean, I think Iguodala is a tough matchup for, for LeBron, but I don't really know who guards is Dwayne Wade. And, um, you know, that's um, – Phillies Phillies can run a lot of guys at you, uh, but I think at, they're as, you know, as much of an up-tempo team as they are, um, the Heat can play up-tempo too and probably do it better than Philly. So I, I, I think it's probably uh, Miami in five also. No doubt about it. Hangtime Podcast, Playoff Edition, Heat Sixers, that 2-7 battle in the East. Previewing it for you right here on the Hangtime Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com. You can follow Seku and Lang on Twitter at SekuSmithNBA and Lang with it. The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter, but we'll let you know when they do. Thank you.